Welcome back to the Grief Observed podcast. I'm your host, Brad Morrell, and thank you for joining us again today. Um, as always, I want to offer an invitation to all our listeners to contact me at griefobservedpodcast at gmail.com, just like our guest today did. Um, I would love to he hear your stories, anyone special that you've lost and, and how you've dealt with grief. I'll have the email in the show description in case you've missed it. Um, I want to introduce you today to our special guest, Jen, um, and if you connect with her story today, I'll have her email in the show description as well. So Jen, welcome to the show, and I appreciate you being here to uh, tell us a little bit more about your story. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, and I'll just let you take it away there. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate you very much. Appreciate you doing this podcast. I think it's it's great, and I, I appreciate you. And thank you for having me on today. Um, so I was born and raised in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm an only child. Was raised by my mom and dad. My dad and I. Uh, my dad passed away in July, and um, of this year, him and I had a very special, close relationship. Uh, you could most definitely say that I'm, I'm a daddy's girl through and through. Um, I recently, actually just this week, talked to one of his lifelong friends who told me that dad and I had a relationship um, for the world to see um, and just an example for, for the whole world to see. So that just um, hopefully portrays the, the special relationship that dad and I had. And I moved to South Carolina about eight years ago. I still live here in South Carolina with my husband. Uh, we have been married for two years, and I have three amazing bonus um, kids, and I have a granddaughter and a granddaughter on the way. So very, very blessed, um, even through the grief, to um, to have my family close by, and they're all they're all wonderful, and I truly love them and am blessed by them. Yeah. So. Why don't you start by telling me more about your father? I'll tell you, I'm I'm a father of one daughter, and so you've already drawn me into your story. I know uh, my daughter and I, we have a very special bond as well, and um, I always wanted a boy to carry on the family name, but I'm telling you, when I had my little girl, it was just, it's like it was enough, truly. So tell me more about your dad. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, Brad, because I I often think sometimes as well that, gosh, I wonder if my dad had hoped for a boy to carry on the family name, which, you know, obviously I, I can't. Um, I, I often wonder that. Um, but but dad, um, so dad has one sister, um, a younger sister who lives in California, and my grandfather, uh, we'll take a kind of step back from my dad to try to get you to know my dad a little better. My grandfather um, never graduated high school, but he started his own business. And my grandfather ran a successful business all of his life with no high school education. And because back at the time, you know, that was, that was not uncommon, right? No high school education. You worked the, in your family's trade or whatever it might be. So my grandfather, when he left his parents, he started his own business and he delivered coal and he had over the road 18 wheelers. And so my dad, uh, my dad bought the business from my grandfather in 1976. So all of my life, my dad was self-employed, very hard worker. He had 18 wheelers um, that he ran over the road. My gosh, he would have anywhere from, I don't even remember, maybe four to eight at any given time. And he also had um, a fuel oil business. So he would deliver home heating oil to people's homes. Then later on in my life, dad uh, gave up the over-the-road 18-wheelers. There was a lot, of, a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, a lot of red tape that went along with that. So he um, just had his home heating oil business, and then he bought a business from a local fire company, and he delivered chlorinated drinking water to people's homes um, for their swimming pools or their jacuzzis or whatever it is that he, um, he was asked to, to fill. 
um, did a lot of business with the local railroad, um, delivering water to them, even construction sites. So he was, um, I grew up in a smaller town and always was afraid to get in trouble uh, because everybody knew my dad. <laughs> so, <Uh-oh>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so never, never wanted to do anything wrong because um, every, everybody knew him and um, all of my life. We, we couldn't so go protecting anywhere. protecting that family name was, was very important to you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Sounds like your dad was, was very much respected in the community then. He was very, very much respected. And I always knew that. My family always knew that. We didn't realize the extent until his funeral. Um, it was almost like it was a celebrity funeral. All of these people came and... The stories that they shared, that's really when we truly realized the impact that that he had, um, not only because he was a very giving person and he would give without ever asking for anything in return, never expected anything, never wanted anything in return. Um, in fact, would almost get offended if, if you tried to you know, pay him back because that's not how, that's not the type of man he was. Um, dad was, um, like I said, he worked, he worked very hard. He worked very long hours, always provided, um, you know, for my mom and I never, never wanted for anything, but also, um, kept me grounded throughout my life. Um, because again, he was self-employed, known in the community. Um, I, I often remember at Christmas time, you know, we all make out our Christmas lists and, Rarely did I get what I asked for for Christmas. Um, And he always would tell me because he didn't want me as an only child to be spoiled. Mm. Um, In a lot of ways, I still was spoiled. Again, I was daddy's girl um, for sure. But, um, you know, he he always wanted to keep me keep me grounded, if you will. And I think that that was, um, you know, definitely important, important thing that he taught me. Yeah, definitely. So being an only child, it's, I think it's hard not to be spoiled at some point. You know, I wanted to give my daughter those things that, you know, I, you try to give them everything that they want, but yet, like you said, keep them grounded. Um, so it sounds like your father had a really good mix um, of giving and yet grounding. So that, that sounds really good. Sounds like he was a great dad. He was, he really was. And Dad was, um, he was a God-fearing man. He was a a Christian who was very active in his church, and his church loved him right back um, for sure. And he... um, he definitely put those put those values and and morals in in me as well and in my growing up. Um, But yes, he, he did have that mix and he, he didn't, he didn't judge me. He never judged Mm. me. Um, You know, I certainly have made mistakes throughout my life as we probably all have, if, if we're honest with ourselves. And when I would go to him and there were times that I did go to him and say, dad, you know, this, this happened, that happened. And, um, and I need help or I don't know what to do. And he never judged me. He would sit down and he would listen to me, but never once did he say, well, why did you do this? And why did you do that? And that was a bad mistake. Or he never did that ever. Not one time. So you said your dad, um, kind of, I guess, helped you construct uh, your thoughts on God in a way, or at least brought you to Christianity. Um, I am curious of how your earthly father and how your heavenly father, um, how that coincides. Like, you know, coming from a non-judgmental father, how do you view God at this point in your life? So throughout my life, I viewed God differently. Um, Mm -hmm. Currently, um, my relationship with God, and I am a Christian as well, my relationship with God has grown closer. Um, You know, throughout my life, there have been times where, you know, I've had difficult times that I've, I've gotten farther away because I've been angry 
um, and sometimes angry at God. And mm -hmm. But there are other times where during dif difficult times, I grow closer to God. And I realize that, um, you know, for me and my faith, um, I do need God when I go through difficult times, because for me, it does make the journey a little easier um, because I do have faith and I can lean on God for help. Um, and I do feel um, that peace, not always, you know, there's definitely difficult days. I'm, I'm struggling in my grief journey, but I know that God is there to, to help me through. And there's been points in my life that my faith has, has proven correct and, and that God has helped me during difficult times. So right now, my journey with God is very close in going to church and praying and reading his word. And, um, so I'm, I'm very, I'm very thankful for, for that. Certainly. You bring, you bring up a really great point though, that, you know, I, I think our relationship with God definitely fluctuates throughout life, but I, whenever you go through a loss, especially a loss of someone that you love dearly, um, sometimes people will blame God. Sometimes people will, um, run towards God. Like I, I think there's a, a big variation in how we view him during those times of loss. Um, uh, you know, the, the one thing I think with humanity is, you know, we can all, we've all been born, right. And we're all going to die at some point. And I think it's hard. We want to keep people here, you know, for, our purposes. So I think when we do lose someone very special, um, sometimes it's hard to let go. And sometimes we do, I guess, blame God. Like, did you ever have any of that with your father? Like any, any fracture in your relationship with God at that point or no? You know, I really didn't. Um, past losses I have, but with my dad, I didn't. Um, I, when I lost dad, it was a shock. Um, it was a 100% shock. His, his health had been failing, but no one had expected, um, him to pass. Uh, I was in, like I said, I live in South Carolina and I was in Pennsylvania for a couple of weeks. My husband had encouraged me to go and spend time with my dad again because he was having some health um, struggles. And so now looking back, I believe God spoke to my husband because I got to spend the last couple weeks of my dad's life with him. Wow. And of course, we didn't know that at the time. Um, a month before, my, sis my aunt came from California with her family, got to spend time with my dad a month before he died. Again, that was definitely orchestrated by God, in my opinion. So all of these things happened. And I was in my hotel room in Pennsylvania working and I got the call. And it was a complete and utter shock. I've never had a shock like that in my entire life related to death. And so it was unexpected then at that point? It was completely unexpected, completely. He got up, was getting ready. The aide was with him and he quite literally collapsed over and he died. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So it was definitely a shock. Um, but I never, uh, I never got angry with God. Um, I've certainly asked why. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that that's a question that will always bother me. You know, what, what happened? I certainly have different theories, but the, the bottom line is I, I try to keep in, in mind again with my faith that, um, you know, I, I always thought dad would be with me my entire life. You know, again, that was my, my own person, not thinking correctly, I guess you could say, you know, I never wanted to to think that I would be on this earth without my dad. It was too painful. I couldn't even, I couldn't even think about it. And then when I was, you know, faced with that loss, um, you know, it is very difficult, but, um, I, I realize that, um, and I try to keep in mind 
Um, you know, dad was a gift to me from God is what I believe. And I was not supposed to have my dad forever. Um, and it was time for him to, um, go back home to, to where he was always supposed to be and that's heaven. And so that's part of why I've never gotten angry with God. My relationship has, has only gotten better. I, I feel as though, my, you know, my dad was such an amazing person and served God very well throughout his life that I'm trying to take the the standpoint of God took him home before he suffered anymore. My dad had early stage dementia. Mm. Um, he had other illnesses where he had to take a lot of medicine that made his bones very brittle. So he was already having fractures um, that would only continue. And so God spared him from all of that. And would I want him back in a healed body? Sure, but not the way he was. The, the one thing that I did struggle with, I'll share with you, is that, like I said, it was a shock. And I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. I mm. never... I never got a chance to say goodbye to my dad. And that that bothered me a lot. And one evening, a couple weeks after um, he had passed, I, I kept having dreams. And in my dreams, I was with my dad. And my dad was alive. And I wondered, well, why do I keep thinking he's died? He's not. He's not. So I'd wake up confused. But this one particular night, I had a dream. My dad came to me in my dream. And he told me that he came back to say goodbye to me. Mm. And we spent time together. And then he said he was going to go see my godfather and say goodbye to him. And I got to say goodbye to my dad. And after I said goodbye... Um, I said to whoever I was with, I, I need to reach out to my dad. I want to see him again. And that's when I woke up. So what bothered me, um, again, my, my prayer was answered. My dad came to me and I, I got to say goodbye to him, probably in a better way than I could have when he was, when he was on earth. Yeah, I think so many times uh, people will always question that, you know, I call it a lack of closure. But I, I'm a huge, huge fan of dreams. In fact, I, I write down probably 90% of all my dreams. I've got two books of dreams. And I, I really feel like God still speaks to us through dreams. And I've spoken to so many people where there is a dream that does bring some form of closure through death. Um, I, it's happened to me twice, um, once with two people that I've lost in this lifetime. And, and I just think it's so neat. It's almost like those, it, as humans, I feel like we need some type of confirmation that our loved ones are okay and in his presence. And, um, I, I just think that's a really, really special dream that you had there. That's, that's awesome. Tell me what you feel like, how would it have been different had you had physical closure here on earth? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, and I, I've thought about that myself and I don't know the answer to that. I, I can mm -hmm. speculate and I believe everything happens for a reason, right? Agreed. Don't yes. always know what the reason is, but it happens for a reason. And I, I almost feel as though it happened this way because if I was with him when he passed, which would have been my preference, um, I don't know that I would have been able to handle that. Um, I think that it would have been a lot harder than the way it happened. And I think, again, God ultimately knew that and that's the way it happened the way it happened. Would it have been my preference? No. Um, but it's, it's not always about me and my preference either. So. 
Have you ever been with someone when they do pass from this world to the next? I have. Like in their presence, have you? I okay. have. I, I've. That's happened several times. Um, I used to be um, a practicing social worker. Mm, okay. So that happened several times when I worked in the nursing home. Um, it's mm-hmm. also happened a few times with my loved ones, my great-grandmother, and my grandmother, uh, my one grandmother. So, so yes, I've, I've experienced that. Um, and, and to share with you real, real quickly that the aide that was with my dad when he passed shared with me that she had never been with somebody when they passed and she was mm. always afraid of death. And so she was put in a situation with my dad. She couldn't just leave him. Um, so she was there and she came to me and she said, Jen, she said, because of your dad, I'm not afraid of death anymore. Wow. Wow. So to me, you know, dad gave all these gifts throughout his life and even my gosh, even, even on his deathbed, if you will, he, Mm -hmm. he gave somebody else a gift and, um, you know, I would say to your listeners um, who, who perhaps haven't been with somebody when they pass, um, if, you, if you find yourself in, in that, um, the times that, that I've experienced it, of course, it's very difficult. Um, I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. It's difficult. But sure. when you look back at it, it's a blessing. It's, it's really a blessing. Um, times that I wish that I was there for loved ones and I wasn't, again, I wasn't supposed to be there. That wasn't part of the plan, mm-hmm. but it, it truly is a blessing and made me not as afraid of death. Um, you know, made me see how peaceful it can be. Um, so that's, that's what I encourage your, your listeners as, as well related to that. Yeah. So I want to take this just a a little bit of a different direction here. Um, I know that you had mentioned to me Grief Share. Um, Can you tell me some more about Grief Share? I'm familiar. I know, you know, there's a video series, I think, that goes along with that. But for anybody listening, can you tell us a little bit more about Grief Share and maybe some of the things that you've gained from your uh, local Grief Share group there? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was made aware of Grief Share through a cousin. I had never heard of it. Um, I believe the website is griefshare.org, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And you can go on that site and plug in your zip code. And they have many different meetings in in various areas. And I'm per, um, currently part of a 13-week program. And what happens is they give you a workbook and each time you get together, it's once a week, I go every Monday and you sit down as a group and there's a video that you watch each week. It's a different topic. Uh, so some of the topics might be, in fact, the, the why was, why question was one, um, anger and guilt was one, mm, yeah. um, the different Uh, talking about the different stages of grief, how to deal with grief, um, getting stuck in grief. Those are all, um, those are all topics that they discuss. So they have a video and in the video, various uh, people share their experiences. There's also counselors that will share, um, you know, various advices related to that topic. And once the video is over, then uh, the group, talks and shares what their experiences were or are related to that particular topic. And, you know, at first I thought, gosh, I don't, I don't know if this, if this is something I really want to do. And, you know, I was a little scared, but now um, I'm a couple weeks to the end of mine and I don't want it to end. Um, mm. It's, and I may go through it again. You can go through it as many times as what you want um, and you don't have to have a loved one that's recently passed. Um, you know, it could be somebody that passed years ago that you've not dealt with the grief. It can be somebody that um, grief comes in different forms. It can be 
Uh, perhaps your loved one has dementia. Well, you're grieving. So mm, yes. any anyone that has is going through grief, it doesn't have to be the death of a loved one, is is certainly welcome to attend that group uh, group, you know, grief from a loss of a job. And then what happens is we we talk, we discuss. There is homework um, that you're encouraged to do each day. That homework, you know, nobody looks at it, nobody grades it. Um, it's really <laughs> just for your for your own benefit, but it definitely helps. No pass or fail, right? <laughs> no pass or fail, no sir. And um, it it is um, it is Christian led. There, there's Bible verses, faith faith based, if you will, um, which which definitely helps. And um, then at the beginning of each session, we talk about we talk about the homework. You know, is there anything that you would like to share from the homework that you learned? Um, and it's, it's really, it's really great. It's, it's a great support. I would highly recommend it for Mm. anyone. I know Facebook also has a grief share group. Um, you know, if you, if your listeners really are not at the point that they want to attend a group in person, there is that online, um, as well. Yeah. I've actually seen several different grief share groups on Facebook and, I'm sure there's like some local chapters, if you will, but you know, there's the, the overall grief share organization, uh, Facebook group, but I, I think it may be more, um, advertising for grief share. And like you stated, um, I, I will leave the, the grief share website in the uh, show description as well, but it sounds like it's a great program. I've known a lot of churches in my area to do it. I, I can think of, probably three or four churches within a 10 mile radius that does this. So it's, again, it's one of those human experiences that we all go through and it's just great to have so much support out in our communities that uh, they're willing to feed back into people who are at that point of some type of loss in their life. Um, What do you wish people understood about grieving that they may not, maybe something you've learned from that class. Grieving is a journey. Um, there are ups and downs to it. Um, there are triggers to your grief. Mm. For example, when I walked into the room, um, the room was painted, um, sort of a light blue, and the door frames are painted white. That was a trigger for me. My dad's Peterbilt's were light blue and white. Mm, so wow. you never know when a trigger is going to hit. You, you, you can't be prepared for it because you never know when it's going to hit. Um, you have to allow yourself to feel whatever it is you're feeling and not be afraid of it. And that's very difficult. That's something I'm actually struggling with right now. Um, I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I've built a wall up and it won't let me move forward in my grief journey because um, I felt the pain or started to feel the pain of my dad's loss and put up a wall Mm. because I didn't want to feel the pain anymore. Um, you know, it started affecting my health, having panic attacks, and I just, I didn't want to feel it anymore. And that's not the right way to deal with grief. It, it absolutely is not, and, I, and I'm aware of it, um, hence going to the group. But I think that's definitely something to keep in mind is to allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling and to remember that grieving really is love. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't love, there's no grief. Um, so, you know, the fact that you grieve means that you loved someone. And I think sometimes the more we grieve, the harder it is to grieve. That person was really special to you and was really important to you. Um, and eventually Mm -hmm. that will be a blessing. I'll be very thankful for that. It's just, sometimes difficult on, on certain days. And, um, you know, and I think that's something to, to keep in mind as, as well. Yeah. Well, you know, 
what comes to mind for me is number one, you can't grieve wrong. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of people are like, am I doing this right? You know, there, there's some people that are like, I've not cried yet. And you know, did it mean that I didn't love this person as much as I thought I did? I don't think that's the case at all. Um, and then there's people who it's like, I'm an emotional wreck and I just can't get beyond this. It, I should be further. I, I've tried to cut out those shoulda, woulda, coulda words from my life, right? Those are words of guilt. And with grief, you just can't do it wrong. The only thing that you mentioned there that I would caution people against is um, avoidance or trying to delay the grief, because I do believe that grief finds us, right? right. That um, if we don't take that time to grieve now, it will come back. And sometimes I think that snapback is actually a little bit harder than had we just taken that time and I guess given ourselves a lot of grace in that moment. So I yeah. don't know. It, it definitely is. And I, and I agree with you. And that's one of the things that we talked about actually just recently in the group grief share group is that, um, grief will come due and it, it might be a couple months. It might be a couple years, but it will find you if you don't, um, process it, if you don't deal with it, um, it, it will, that's, that's why I'm taking it very seriously and knowing I'm, I'm kind of stuck right now, but I need to move forward. So I need to keep continuing on, on the journey that I'm on, um, because I don't want it to be years from now and grief will, will come due with a past due notice. It, it definitely will find yeah. you for sure. So I'm sure there's several people in your group and, and I'm just curious, like hearing other people's stories, like how has your understanding of empathy and compassion like evolved through your own experience? So at first when I, when I thought about going to the group, I wasn't sure if I wanted to just because didn't know how comfortable I was sharing, but I also didn't know how comfortable I was hearing other people's experiences. And here you are on a podcast telling <laughs> right. your story, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I have come come a long way. Um, that's very true. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, but I, I just didn't know if I wanted to hear other people's stories. I, I thought I'm a I'm an empath by nature, so mm. I was afraid that I would take on, you know everybody else's pain and then I wouldn't be able to, to go through my own. So I didn't really know if that was something I wanted to do. Um, but I kept going back. Um, and that's, that's what I would encourage your listeners, you know, keep going back. Don't, don't just stop after one, you know, at least go three mm -hmm. times, um, give it a chance. Yeah. And what I found was through people sharing their stories, it helped me, um, because they, they deal with, everybody deals with grief differently, like we've been talking about. There, there's no right, there's no wrong. People do it differently. And people share ways that they're dealing with it that I had never thought about, that I try. Um, that There was one lady that shared a, a book by Elizabeth Elliot called Suffering is, is Never for Nothing. And I just finished listening to that. And it, it's a wonderful book. It helped me tremendously. So I wouldn't have known about that had it not been for the group. Um, what was that book again? It's called Suffering is Never for Nothing, and it's by okay. Elizabeth Elliot. Okay. So, you know, I, I certainly learned about that. Um, and just really the encouragement that you that you get from from others. Um, you know, for example, I I shared this this week. We we're talking about holidays, and I I said, I just don't even know that I want to decorate for Christmas. I don't know that I want to put up a tree this year because that was so memorable for, for my dad and I. Mm. And, um, you know, the, the group was very encouraging. And, and we talked about the fact that you don't have to do things just because you did it in the past doesn't mean you have to do it in the future if you're not ready for it. And again, it goes mm -hmm. back to being honest with yourself. If you're not ready for something, just be honest. You know, at first I wasn't comfortable going with my husband um, to see his dad. Um, that was very difficult. And I had to unfortunately be honest with him and say, I can't do this right now. 
Um, so that, that group helped me realize and, and understand that as well. Yeah. So I, I will state, first of all, I'll try to put that book in the show description as well. If somebody wants to click on that. Um, and you know, you, you spoke about being an empath and I, I don't know a lot of people, um, if they don't know about it, basically an empath, like you stated, takes on the emotions of other, other people. And for me, I, I'm also an empath. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time. I, it's a blessing because I feel like you feel things that others will never feel. And at the same time, it's a curse because you feel things others may never feel, right? It's, um, it's kind of the same thing, but, um, I've, I've learned that, especially in counseling, I, I can't take, uh, you know, 55 clients home with me every night or I'll be a basket case. Sure. Um, I'm curious being an empath, how that has affected you in your family dynamics as far as, um, if somebody's grieving differently inside the family, do you have a way of bringing that into your own um, way of grieving? Or do you have pretty good boundaries to say, mm, I can't own that part of it? What do you think? So I feel like I have pretty good boundaries. Um, so, so for example, my dad's sister, my aunt, her and I are very close. And she you know, of course, just, just misses my dad tremendously. They had just an amazing relationship, you know, never, never had bad words for each other. It just really had a, a wonderful sibling relationship. And, um, so she misses him terribly. And, you know, for her, she, she finds comfort knowing that he is in heaven, um, with his mom and dad, with so many other loved ones that went before him, she takes comfort in that. And, there are days that I do, um, and I know eventually I definitely will. My whole my whole person will, but right now it's it's still fresh and it's still difficult. But she tends to be more all in than than me related to that. She also talks to him, and I find that very difficult. Um, mm -hmm. I, I did talk to him yesterday, um, but I I. I definitely want to do that more because it is comforting, mm -hmm. but it's very difficult for me to do that right now. And for her, it's, it's much easier. And she definitely finds that to be a source of comfort. I don't right now. So, um, I've, I've really been able to listen to her and see what she does. Um, but mm -hmm. also know that, yes, I, I know I will get there. I'm just not there yet. And that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Giving yourself room to grieve your way. I think that's the best way to be. So you had uh, spoken about some other losses before we started recording that uh, maybe you wanted to speak about and, and maybe some of the differences between the way you've grieved for your father and these other losses. Why don't you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, most definitely. So my, um, they're both my, my grandfather and my grandmother on my mom's side. My grandfather um, passed away when I was 17. He passed away on Christmas Day of Lou Gehrig's disease or ALS. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. And that was, if, if you know you or any of your listeners know anything about Lou Gehrig's disease, it's it's really a horrendous disease. It's it's terrible. It is very cruel, yes. And it's it's very terrible to watch the person go through it. And you figure I was a teenager watching my grandfather and just not really understanding it a whole lot. And my, my first question to my mom when she told me um, was, is he going to die? Because I, I just, I didn't understand things like that at the time, like I do now. Mm -hmm. And so he passed away again on Christmas day. And um, I remember uh, we were all at my grandmother's home that evening. And my mom was very close to her dad. And it was very difficult for her. And my great aunt said to me that that evening, she said, Jennifer, she said, you have to be strong for your mom because she's going to need you. 
And I'm a very strong person by nature. I get that from my dad and my dad's side of the family. And that, that can, again, be a cursing, uh, blessing and a curse. But, um, you know, those were the words that I took very seriously. And I was there for my mom. And at the age of 17, I didn't even know how to grieve. I, I really, I really had no idea. So I didn't. Um, because again, I heard the words that I was to be strong and I was to be there for my mom. So as a 17 year old, that's what I thought my role was. And that's exactly what I did. So we talk about delaying grief. Well, I realize exactly what that means because years Mm -hmm. later I realized, and I was very close to my grandfather. I realized that I had never even processed his death. And now we're talking years later, and now I'm in my 20s. I have no idea how to do it. I have no earthly idea how I am supposed to do this now, years later. I didn't know about a grief share group. I, I, didn't, I didn't know about any of that. So I did the best that I could, and multiple times I went to his grave, and I just cried my eyes out um, until eventually that worked. Um, but again, that doesn't necessarily work for everybody, but... Let that be a testament to everybody that's listening that, um, you know, when, when someone passes, yes, you know, we all want to be there for our loved ones. You know, I certainly uh, was there for my loved ones as they are for me after my dad's passing. Um, but I also had to be there for myself when my dad passed and I had to process my own grief um, and be there for, you know, for other people, certainly. So it's, it's a, it's a mixture of what you have to do, but don't, don't think that you have to be a hundred percent all in and be strong for somebody and then not process it yourself. So that, that would be the Mm -hmm. lesson that I learned from, from my grandfather's passing for sure. Yeah. And like you stated, it's, you know, grief, how to grieve isn't taught in school by any means. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't know that there's even a way to teach others how to grieve. Um, you know, in different societies, different cultures, there's certainly different things that we do. Um, but I think it's, it's almost this, like you stated, a a journey that we all have to figure out on our own. And here you were 17 years old. And like you stated, you didn't start really grieving till several years later in your twenties. Um, it's, I think it is something that you just have to figure out for yourself. Now there are ways I think you know, just like the grief share or other ways, you know, just speaking to others about it. Definitely, um, you know, I'll say find a counselor, you know, all great ways to figure out what I guess grief means to you, but also that meaning of life. You know, what's, I always state that, you know, nothing brings you to the meaning of life closer than a death. So so you lost your grandfather, um, and so your mother's mother, when did she pass? So she passed about 10 years ago, and when I lost her, um, and, and just before I start that, to kind of piggyback off one thing that you had said, one mm-hmm. thing, too, that I, I learned in the grief share is, you know, everybody always hears about the steps of grief, you know, the, the various steps that you go through in grief. The stages. Mm-hmm. The stages of grief. Yes. Thank you. And, yeah. you know, one thing, too, for the listeners to keep in mind is um, they teach you in the, in the grief share. And I definitely believe there may be stages that you go through. There may be stages you don't go through. And you're not going to go through the stages one by one. You're really not. It's not going to be number one, you do this. Number two, you do this. That's not how grief works. You know, you might go through this stage and then, you know, you're on to whatever other stage and you go back to that first stage and that's okay. That, that definitely can, can happen and fluctuate. Yeah. Let me, let me pause you there too. Um, just for a second, because what you're stating is absolutely correct. And as a therapist, we, we are actually getting away from the five stage model and it, it was a great model. Don't get me wrong. And it kind of put grief on the map. You know, you've got denial, you've got anger, you've got bargaining, uh, depression, and then acceptance. And a lot of time it is a very common way, uh, to experience all those, not, not a linear process by any means. Like you stated, you, you may start out being angry, um, 
right off the bat. And it's like, wait a minute, I skipped the, 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 uh, denial part here. No, there, there's no way about it. And, and grief is not linear. It's, it is, um, not a pretty process. So we've actually stepped away from the stages of grief. Um, one thing that I'll state is what we look at now a lot of times is called uh, the dual process model. And think about this as having um, two different homes. You've got a loss orientation, which is, you know, most days I'm in this loss. I'm, I see a picture, I cry, I don't know how to move on with finances, you know, so you're just basically staying locked into that loss. Then on the other side is kind of like your vacation home. You've got the restoration side, restoration orientation, where, you know, you can look at that same picture and you can smile and think of a good memory. Um, you are moving on with things like finances and, and finding new hope and new meaning and new vision. But every once in a while, you may dip back into that loss orientation, like, okay, I'm just having a bad day. Regardless, it's kind of something that you oscillate through for the rest of your life. And I think that's probably a better way to describe grief than the stages of grief. Because again, what we spoke of uh, several minutes ago, if somebody doesn't go through one of those stages, they instantly think, am I doing this wrong? And so that's, that's one of the reasons I think we've stepped away from that. So anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll let you back in, Jen. I, I didn't mean to, to cut you no, off you're, there. <laughs> you're fine. I, I kind of took us off on a, on a little rabbit trail, but I just, I felt it was important for the, for the listeners. Cause I think sometimes we, we think we've got to go have it, do it, you know, perfectly and, and you don't, but sure. so my, my grandmother. So when I lost her, it was, it was like, I lost my mom. Um, we were, we were very close. She was like a motherly figure to me. And she passed away 10 years ago. Mm. And, um, you know, after she lost my grandfather on Christmas Day, obviously that was extremely difficult for her for the rest of her life. Um, she was also a Christian, very godly woman, um, studied the Bible, active in her church. And she went into the hospital and um, the doctor had told me that what she had was terminal and it was just a matter of days and, um, I was away. Um, I was on the other side of Pennsylvania at that time. And by the time I got to the hospital, she was in a coma. Um, and all along the nurses had been telling her, your granddaughter's on her way. I was her only grandchild. Um, your granddaughter's on her way. And she knew that and she was excited to, to see me. But by the time I got there, um, they had her on some pain medicine. She was in a coma, but, um, you know, I would definitely encourage your, your listeners to um, remember that hearing is the last thing to go. And I sat there for days and talked to her. And, um, you know, she loved Billy Graham. I would play Billy Graham. I would play Phillies baseball. You know, she, 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 her and my grandfather loved the Phillies and, um, mm. golf, just any of the things that she, she loved, I would play because I believe that she heard it. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, I was there when she, when she passed, um, on the day that she passed, um, I stopped at the lunch little breakfast place inside the, the hospital and I got myself a bagel and I went up to her room and I pulled out the bagel and I had all kinds of photo albums. We were going to talk, or I was going to talk to her about, uh, you know, different pictures and things like that. And we did that. I did that a little bit. Um, but I pulled out the napkin that was in, in with my bagel and quick kind of a backstory. My grandfather, when I was a little girl, always read me Dr. Seuss. Hmm. And I pulled out this napkin. And keep in mind, this was just about an hour before my grandmother passed. And the napkin said, don't cry because it happened. No, wait. Oh, gosh. Now I forget. <laughs> it's a Dr. Seuss phrase. Hmm. It's don't, don't be don't be sad because it happened. Be glad because it happened. Gosh, no, I don't be, don't cry because it happened. Be glad for your memories. Or I, I forget, I can't remember exactly what the phrase is now, mm. but it, it was, it was definitely, um, um, 
something to keep in mind that after my grandmother passed, it was don't cry because it happened. Be happy because I had her and I had wonderful memories of her. And again, it's- Here it is. I, oh, I found it. You found it? Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Thank you so much. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what the napkin that's said. Awesome. I appreciate that. And yes, and and again, an hour later, she passed. And again, things mm. happen for a reason. There was a reason that napkin was in my bag that day. And um, uh, I actually put that in her in her eulogy that I that I did because it just it spoke to me. But after she passed, um, that grief journey was very different than my dad and even my grandfather. Um, after my grandmother passed, I had anger. Um, I, I definitely had anger. I had anger towards God. Why did you take her from me? Um, mm -hmm. I even had anger towards her. Um, why did you leave me? You know, why wouldn't mm -hmm. you want to stay here on earth with me? Um, so, so that grief journey was very different, which shows Grief, grief does, is not going to look the same, mm -mm, um, even no. in your own life with your different journeys. And yeah, I, I definitely went through that anger and I tried to not feel it because I, I felt as though it wasn't normal. That's, that's not the type of person that I think that I am. So those feelings were very abnormal for me. And I didn't want to feel the abnormality because it didn't feel right, but I forced myself to feel it. Um, and I promised myself I'd feel anything that, I, that came up to the surface. And it, that did in a big way. And I worked through it. And I'm glad that I worked through it. I'm not glad that I felt it, but I certainly am glad that I worked through it because I, I came to realize then that... Um, you know, after I worked through things, my grandmother was exactly where she was meant to be. She worked her entire life, just as my dad did, just as my grandfather did, worked their entire life um, serving God. And that was their mission on earth, was to grow closer to God so that they could go to heaven. And I realized mm -hmm. that's exactly where she is supposed to be. She's not supposed to be here with me anymore. She's supposed to be there. Uh, that's where she deserves to be. So, so it sounds like you've had a very close knit family all the way around. And so like, I don't know, you've got a lot of, uh, great principles to take into your own family and, uh, you've had some great examples in your life. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I definitely have. I, I most definitely have. And you know, my dad, um, is a huge loss is a absolutely huge loss. I, I, I try to keep in mind that, you know, um, God allowed me to have him for 50 years. I, I talked with somebody yesterday who lost their dad at the age of 17. Um, mm -hmm. my gosh, what would I, what would I have done if I lost my dad at 17? You know, I, I wouldn't mm -hmm. have had nearly all of the good foundation that I, that I have now from him. I, I wouldn't have had that. So, you know, again, I try to keep that in mind and try to try to be thankful for for the years that I did have with him. And he he was a very strong family man. And my gosh, he can trace his his um, his heritage on his side all the way back from the first people that came from Germany. And he was so proud of that. We would go visit the the land where they first settled, and um, um, it's it's been wonderful. Um, the things that that all of my family has taught me, but especially my, my dad that, um, you know, that I can, I can pass along. And, and a lot of the morals and values that my husband has, um, are very similar and some the same as, as me and my dad. So that's, that is most definitely a, a blessing as, as well. Yeah, definitely. Cause it, uh, you know, like you stated earlier, your, your husband was obviously an encourager for you to go see your father and, um, you know, just to be there, be close by whenever your father passed and, but you got to spend a lot of time with him, uh, before he did. So it's, uh, it's really great when your family, uh, is, is very much akin to the family of origin that you came from. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was most definitely, and again, looking back, um, 
such a blessing. And I, I've said to my husband over and over again, I, I could never repay you or thank you enough for really the gift that you that you gave me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, every time dad was in the hospital a lot this past year and every time I got the call, uh, my husband never hesitated. He said, go. And, and I, I would leave whatever was going on here in South Carolina and, and went to Pennsylvania and having that support system um, is, is really wonderful. Um, so I, I would definitely encourage that and your listeners to just, you know, be there for your, for your loved one. If they're going through something, if, if their loved one is, is suffering like my dad was um, just, you know, be, give them grace and, you know, give them, give them that peace to be able to, to be with their, with their loved one, if, if at all possible. Yeah. Well, Jen, an hour goes by so quickly. It does. Um, it's been a very enjoyable conversation, but I do want to leave you with, with any last words that you want to, uh, speak of on your father or anything that you want to encourage listeners about. Just, uh, I'll give you the floor and, and any last thoughts. Well, I appreciate that again, Brad. I, I definitely appreciate the time with you. I, um, I would definitely encourage your listeners to reach out to you, um, to be a part of your podcast. It's, it's really a, a wonderful way to, um, to honor your loved one. I feel as though, in fact, I, I'm sitting here with a couple, couple things that were my dad's just to, to provide mm. encouragement and, and inspiration because it, it's a great way to, to honor your loved one. And, you know, certainly the hope is that I was able to, um, you know, to help somebody on their journey. Like Brad said, you know, my email address will be there. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm st still going through my journey, but I'm certainly ever so willing to, to talk to anybody. Um, you know, I'm not a counselor, a therapist, but I, I'm certainly happy to, to talk to anybody as well. And just to, you know, to, to close out, um, you know, especially pertaining to my dad, I'm, I'm just so thankful. I am so thankful that, um, that he was my dad. Um, mm -hmm. he was an amazing man. And, um, I have always said, and I even said in his eulogy that, um, if I could be half the person that he was, um, my life would be complete because mm. they don't, they don't make people, um, people, well, God makes people like my dad, but, but, you know, we have free, free choice and, um, there's not many people on this earth like my dad. And, um, mm. I really am, am blessed that he was, he was my father and I, love him very much. And I, I certainly miss him very much, but, um, certainly I'm very thankful for, for all the years and the memories that I, that I, um, hold very dear to my heart. Yeah. That's the great thing is, you know, those, those memories carry on. And, you know, one thing I always try to encourage people with is, your father lives on mm -hmm. through his blood is in your blood, right? right? It's, um, so he, he does live on even here on earth through you. And, uh, Jenna, I think you did a great job. Um, and, and I know that your father, uh, would have been proud of you and just the things that you stated and, and, um, sounds like, He's got a great daughter, so I appreciate that. I appreciate that, and just just one final thing, I would um, something that I did that I'm very thankful for that I would encourage your listeners is my dad was a storyteller. Um, you know, again, just love to share the stories, and I um, oh gosh, for for the past couple years, when I would be with him, um, I would record him. And mm. sometimes he didn't even know I was recording him. We would, we would be in the car and I would just turn my phone on as he was telling the stories. Other times I, he knew I was pointing the camera and he would laugh and say, are you recording me again? Um, but I did. I recorded him telling the stories because I never wanted to forget. Um, the voicemails are still on my phone. And for some people, they might, that might not be something that they, they can do, but um, I can't necessarily listen to all of it right now, but I am very thankful that I, I have the stories, um, because again, I, I never, I never want to forget. Um, so that was something that has definitely brought me some comfort that might help others as well. Excellent. 
Well, I want to thank everybody again for uh, joining us on another episode here of the Grief Observed podcast. Um, Like Jen stated, please come, uh, feel free to contact me. Tell me your story. I'd love to have you on the show. And uh, I just hope that you've been blessed by Jen's story. And again, if if you want to reach out to her, I'll have her uh, email in the show notes. So thanks again for joining us and have a great day, everyone.